Hi, this is Sean Hendrickson. Welcome to the first episode of What to Expect When You're Arrested. Today, we're going to be talking about what happens when you're arrested, and we're also going to be talking about the alternative is if you've got a charge against you, but you haven't been arrested yet, but you have a warrant out for your arrest, how can you do a satellite bond, uh, and what exactly is that? So first off, we're going to talk about what happens when you're being arrested. Before we get to that, I do want to say that I've got a free download for you. Just check in the show notes. You can click on that, and I will send uh, that right over to you. And if you do have a case or if you are looking for some help with a case you may have, feel free to give me a call at 210-775-0852. When you're arrested, um, if you've been through that process, uh, first off, I want to say that I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Um, it sucks, and I know that because I've been there myself. When I was in my early 20s, I was actually arrested for DWI, and I remember having to go through that, all of the stress and anxiety and, and just embarrassment for me that went along with it, and I, I don't wish that on anybody. I do want to talk about what the process is like um, for anybody who either has been arrested or if you're listening to this and you haven't been arrested yet and you're just curious about the process. So essentially, if there's an officer that, that has probable cause to believe that you committed a crime, then he can arrest you in, in almost every circumstance, even for a speeding ticket. Generally, you know, they're not going to arrest you for a speeding ticket, but they essentially, if they believe that you committed almost any crime, then they can go ahead and arrest you. There are certain things that you can do and I get and you should do and things that you should not do if you are in a situation where an officer is asking you questions or investigating you for a crime because essentially if an officer is investigating you for a crime they're trying to figure out if they have probable cause to arrest you if they get to a point where they have probable cause to arrest you they're probably going to arrest you they're trying to ask the questions to you that they think are going to get them to that point where they can arrest you First off, remember that you've got the right to remain silent, and you should uh, you should definitely exercise that right. If you've got an officer asking you questions about anything other than you know speeding or something silly like that, then my recommendation to you is first off, demand to speak with an attorney. Once you ask to speak with an attorney, generally things that you say after that should be kept out of court and, and generally can't be used against you. But the second thing that you should do is after you've demanded to speak with an attorney, then let the officer know that you are using your right to remain silent and then actually use it. Don't talk to the officer any more than that. The only information you've got to give to the officer is essentially your name and date of birth. And, that, and that's pretty much it. If you're driving, you need to give them your driver's license, which gives them all that information anyway. So you shouldn't have to tell them anything else. But that's the only thing that you have to give to an officer. And if you don't give that information, it's essentially a classy misdemeanor, which is the same level as a speeding ticket. So don't worry too much about that. You do want to exercise that right, because if you don't, then as I'm sure you've heard in TV shows and movies, anything you say can be used against you in court. So that part of what you see on TV is true. So first off, it's important not to not to make any statements while you're being investigated or after you've been arrested. The second thing you want to remember is don't consent to any searches. Officers are good at trying to seem like the good guys. They're going to make you try and feel like if you just let them search your vehicle, then they're going to let you go and you're not going to have any problems. 
and it's tempting. And I've even been in the situation where I've had officers asked to search something and you want, you're in this weird position where you're trying to, to kind of what you feel like is do the right thing or do what the officer says because he's a person of authority, hoping that, that everything is going to go well. But in a lot of circumstances, especially, you know, if you end up getting arrested, then that consent makes it significantly harder to keep anything that the officer finds out. And that could be something that you have that that you knew was illegal. It could be something that you had that you didn't know was illegal or maybe something you didn't know was there because somebody else borrowed your car or, or something else. But regardless, you probably wouldn't let me search your vehicle, spend 30 minutes going through your vehicle, tearing everything apart. And I don't have the, the power to arrest you. An officer does. And so if you're not going to let me search your vehicle, there's no benefit to you to letting an officer search your vehicle either. Third, if you're being investigated or if you're being arrested for DWI, um, it's important kind of going back to remaining silent. Don't admit to drinking. Don't tell the officer you're coming from a bar. If you do end up getting arrested, don't consent to any blood or breath searches. And I know that there are some attorneys that will talk about certain times when it is better to consent and certain times when it's not. But just overall, you're probably not going to remember all of these different uh, circumstances where one may be better than the other. In general, I just recommend people uh, don't consent to searches because, again, if the officer is doing something wrong where we may be able to keep that out or if he doesn't put something in the search warrant, uh, if they're trying to get a blood draw, then there's a chance for us to get that out. If you had consented to the search in the first place, though, then there's not much we can do because the court's going to say that you waived your, your constitutional rights by consenting to that search. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is, is what do you do after you are uh, arrested or, or being arrested or, or for that matter, even when you're being investigated, just do what the officer says. Um, if he asks you to do something, if he's arresting you, now is not the time to try and, and resist arrest um, or to try and talk yourself out of it. Once an officer decides that they're going to arrest you, then, then you're going to jail is, is the, the short version of it. And everything that you do to, to try and convince him not to arrest you or to, you know, to put up any sort of resistance at all is going to go against you. And so just all you can do, the, the best thing to do is just to, again, not make any statements because those statements are going to be used against you. Just go along with the officer. Even if going back to making statements, even if the statements that you're making are statements that you think are going to show that you're innocent. If the officer is saying that you were intoxicated or something, they're going to use your answers to show that they're going to say that your speech was slurred. They're going to be, they're going to say that, that your answers didn't make a lot of sense to, you know, compared to the questions that they were asking. They're going to try and twist things around to make it seem like you were intoxicated or to seem like you were guilty. And so again, you know, Going back to what you should do, demand to speak with an attorney, uh, tell the officer you're exercising your right to remain silent, and then remain silent, and just do what an officer says if he's giving you directions. Once you're arrested, the officer's going to take you down to the, down to the local jail, and when you get down there, um, you're going to have to go through a whole process where they're going to fingerprint you, they're going to take your photo, but ultimately, you're going to get to see a judge. And that judge is going to do a couple of different things. 
First thing that judge is going to do is he's going to make sure that you know what you're being charged with and he's going to read your rights if you haven't already been had your rights read to you. From there, he's going to decide on what bond gets set on your case. And bond is essentially um, you're putting up money promising that you are going to appear in court if the judge or if the judge lets you out. And if you don't show up for court, then then you forfeit that money. The way that it works on a more practical sense is that you go to a bail bondsman. They're the ones that are putting up the money for you. And if you don't show up to court, then they are losing out on that money. The judge is going to decide how to set bond by looking at a couple of different factors. He's going to look to see what you're being charged with. He's going to look at your criminal history. And he's also he may also look at some of your financial situation. If you are if you don't have a lot of money and it looks like you're not going to be able to bond out, the judge may issue a PR bond, um, particularly if you don't have any criminal history, which is a way that you may be able to get out of jail without having to pay a bondsman to, to get you out. That's generally a good thing. The only the only downside to PR bonds are that if you are on a PR bond, instead of having to report to a bail bondsman, you're going to have to report to pretrial services. And pretrial services is basically an agency that is in charge of supervising people who either are on a PR bond or have certain conditions of release on their bond, which we'll go over in just a second. And if either of those two situations apply to you, then you've got to report to pretrial services periodically, and they are not always pleasant to work with. And if you don't report or if you don't do what they want you to do, they can let the judge know that, that you're not reporting or that you're not doing what, what they think you need to do. And that can result in a warrant going out for your arrest and, uh, and then, you know, making you bond out all over again. So if you do get in the situation where either you are on a PR bond or if you are, uh, have some conditions of the release, it's important to make sure that you are following those and that you are checking with pretrial services. Going back to what the magistrate judge is doing, the other thing that he may or may not do is set conditions of your bond. And so essentially these are things that the court thinks that you need to do to make sure that while you're out on bond with a, with a case pending, that you are not continuing to do what, what the court um, which you were arrested for or something similar to that. So if you were arrested for a DWI, particularly if it's a DWI second or third, then there may be a condition of your bond that you've got ignition interlock on your vehicle where you've got to blow into a breathalyzer on your vehicle each time you drive it. Um, if it's a drug case, they may have, they may do drug testing on you to make sure that you aren't doing drugs while your case is going on. Or if it's an assault case, then they may have a no contact order, making sure that you don't have contact with a person that you were were alleged to assault. And it's important that you know you make sure to follow all of those because we don't want you getting rearrested while your case is pending, because um, that's obviously not going to be any good for you, and it can make it tougher to get a good result while uh, while your case is going on. Once the judge sets bond on your case, then that's when you can kind of go to work to try and start arranging to have yourself released from jail. So if you didn't get a PR bond, you may have to make some phone calls to, uh, to a bail bondsman or to a family member to have them work with a bail bondsman to try and get everything set up. And the way that most bail bondsmen work are um, 
whatever your bond is set at, they're going to want you to pay 10% of that amount. So if your bond was set at $2,000, you pay a bail bondsman $200. Um, they kind of vouch for the rest. And if you show up to court like you're supposed to, once your case is over, then they keep your $200 and, uh, and then they're no longer on the hook for that $2,000. If on the other hand, you aren't able to afford the 10%, a lot of them will do payments on a lot lower amounts, but they will want you to pay interest or other fees, uh, which would amount to more than 10%, but you, that, that is a, another way that you can get out of jail. The next thing I want to talk about are satellite bonds. So there are certain times where somebody may have a warrant out for their arrest because they were charged with something, even though they'd never been arrested. I find it these pretty usual on assault cases. So let's say that one person is accused of assaulting another person. But when the person called 911 and the police got there, the person who's being charged with assault isn't there anymore. They they, you know, left for whatever reason. Um, or maybe the assault was reported the next day or something, and, and that person isn't around. If the police believe the person who is saying they were assaulted, um, then they can just go off of that person's word, charge somebody with assault, and issue a warrant for that person's arrest. Now, in that situation, the defendant in that case would have an assault charge against them. There would be a warrant out for their arrest, but they had never been arrested before. Um, since there is a warrant out for their arrest, they are going to need to do something to take care of that warrant. If they don't do anything, then the police will arrest them, take them down to Bear County Jail for, for the normal booking. If, however, let's say that you're in the situation and you know that there's a warrant out for your arrest, then there are things that you can do to avoid having to go to, down to Bear County Jail because if you get booked the normal way, it's going to take at least six hours, sometimes more than 24 hours to go through the entire process and get out of jail. So you've got a lot longer time. And the other thing is that you don't really get to decide when you get arrested. You could be on your way to work. You could be dropping your kids off at daycare. You could be doing any of a number of things. And if you get pulled over for speeding and you've got this warrant out for your arrest, then you're going to jail and you don't have time to figure, you know, you don't have time to let your job know that you're not coming in or you don't have time to try and you know get your kid to daycare and everything else there is an alternative for a lot of cases and that's called um it's it's actually a normal bond but you go through the satellite office a lot of people call it a satellite bond but essentially what you do is you do all of the groundwork beforehand and then you turn yourself in at a time that's convenient for you and so you would have an attorney approach the judge the judge uh you would the attorney would let the judge know that uh that the defendant is getting ready to turn themselves in and wants to have bond set on that case. Once the judge sets the bond on that case, then you can go to a bail bondsman and arrange everything with the bail bondsman. So all of that's taken care of and the bail bondsman will give you the paperwork that you need. So essentially all of that is all worked out beforehand. From there, you can um, take a day off of work or do whatever you need to do. And whenever you're ready, you can go down to an office. Uh, it's actually in the basement of the Bear County Courthouse. Uh, it's a satellite office. You go down there with your paperwork showing that everything is taken care of. And you're in and out of there within an hour or two hours or something like that. So you don't have this long time period that you're in jail. You don't have to sit in these holding cells and, and just it's just 
a much less stressful and much less frustrating process to go through. And maybe even more importantly than that is that you get to do it on your own schedule. So you can take a day off of work, you can arrange to have childcare, and you already know before you go in there that everything is taken care of. And so you know that you're going to get out within an hour or two and you don't have all of this um, frustration about wondering what's going to go on and, and what's happening on your case. And so, if you if you do have a warrant out for your arrest for a warrant out for your arrest, and you hadn't been arrested on a case, then then you definitely want to look into seeing if this is an option for you. I hope all of this has been helpful. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at sean at seanhendrickson.com, which is also in the show notes. Or you can give me a call at 210-775-0852, and I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have about any of this information that we went over. If you've got a case pending against you um, and you would like to, to discuss your case with me, I'd be happy to, to do a consultation with you for free also. Again, you can just call that number, or if you look in the show notes, there's a link down there where you can schedule a, a free consultation with me, um, and I'd be happy to help you out. Lastly, if you uh, found this to be helpful, if you left a review for me, that also really helps me out. Again, I hope this was helpful. And if you have any questions, just feel free to contact me. Have a great day.